been the formative men in your life? Many of us could probably think of many going back to high school. This week, our guest describes his mentors, the lessons they taught, and how we can all impact the kingdom through mentoring. Welcome to the Noble Man Podcast. Hey, well, we're here with uh, my third son, Ben Young. Ben is at NC State. So, Ben, tell us just very briefly, what are you doing at NC State? What's your status there now? What are you working on? What's going on in, in that part of your life? Sure. So I'm a junior uh, studying chemical engineering and paper science engineering. Well, thanks for joining us and taking time to do this. I know it's the week before spring break, so you guys have some uh, some things you're trying to get knocked out with assignments and so forth. But thanks for taking this time. And we're going to jump right in. Our focus for this portion of the year with Noble Warriors, as you already know, is mentoring. And I wanted to just get uh, an opportunity to talk with you about that so that we can share some of that story with some other folks. And they can hear about how God has used some other men in your life to uh, answer questions, meet needs, encourage you spiritually, encourage you in the world of work. So let's start off family-wise. I know your grandfathers have been very involved in your life. So talk a little bit about how they have poured themselves into your life. Sure. Um, so we live, grew up very close to... Uh, my mom's, our mom's parents, um, so granddad and nanny, and, and I did a lot of work with him um, since he ran a custom home building, custom home construction business, uh, as long as I can remember. And, and that's part of your testimony, uh, you working for him. Um, I grew up on the job site in and out on the weekend sometimes, but uh, just getting to see him do work and how he interacted with people, um, sometimes pretty trifling people, sometimes nice people. Um, but just, I, so I got to see how does a godly man interact with people in their work. So that was modeled by him and certainly a godly marriage modeled as well, you know, seeing how he interacts with his wife, um, also modeled what, what does godly grandparenting look like? What, you know, what are some things, some notes I can take now that I can use 50 years from now? if I'm blessed to be in that position. And then uh, with, with your dad, man, we always loved going, going there to do work. That's what I always remember. And, and Zach and I always talk about, we need to go to how do's we need to go do some work. And um, I, I learned a lot about honoring God through your work, being with him, problem solving skills, um, anger management, when the tool breaks and you don't know where it is and really seeing God change how do I think just listening to you talk about uh, just some of the situations that he grew up in and the direction that he led our family and where we are now because of the decisions that he's made. Um, so you really think about the legacy that you leave for your family, for your kids. Um, I think that was that was modeled well. Uh, and also I got to see mistakes from both, you know, from granddad and how do and from you. So I, I get to I get to see mistakes and, and take notes and figure out what are some things I want to do different, which I think is also part of, of mentoring is sharing the mistakes as well as the failures, uh, as well as the success. You've probably got a big notebook full of uh, mistakes that you can learn from, I guess. Yeah. We, well, we're keeping that secret right now. We'll yeah, I hear you. Hey, let me. So I know in middle school, you, um, we had a, had a guy move into the neighborhood, a young guy, Caleb Eckerd, and he became a fast friend. You guys, uh, in middle school, 
youth with uh, young boys, there was a guy named Bill O'Brien who started pouring himself into young guys at that stage of their lives. And um, he really made an impact on both you and Caleb. And so tell me about this guy's impact who was working with knuckleheaded middle school guys and how he influenced you. Sure. Yeah, I remember, I think it was uh, what, sixth or seventh grade Bible study at church. Bill was leading it. And we went over, We he printed out the Lennox-Dawkins debate on, on evolution. And it was like this 50-page packet. And he gave it to all us seventh graders. And Caleb and I are like, what in the world are we doing? And we sat there and we would watch like 30 minutes of it. And then we'd go through the transcript and we'd talk about the arguments. And, and it was a very practical approach to our faith, which I think a lot of times we miss in the church. But that was kind of our first introduction to apologetics. And so Caleb and I met a lot with Bill. Um, just, hey, what are some resources that we can do to build our, you know, build our confidence? And, and really, we got to a spot where we'd be, you know, we'd be in eighth grade science class and, and having talks with our teacher about, well, I don't know, that's not, you know, that's not really evidence. And um, into high school, having conversations with peers and uh, just getting to a spot of confidence in our beliefs and our faith. So I think that was a really good foundation. That was a good place to start um, with having having evidence for things that we believe, um, which is is even helpful for me now as I'm in a very STEM oriented field. Um, and it's cool to have people around me that uh, help support me and my beliefs as well. But Bill really, I mean, I think that was for Caleb and I, one of the first times we had a guy that kind of was taking us under the wings and was really passionate about sharing what he knew with us. You know, this is something he knows very well. He He's out in Richmond every weekend um, having these talks with people. So that was really, really cool to be a part of that. Um, and also for him as well. I mean, when you get to share your passion with people, it's, it's exciting for you. Yeah. And I, you know, so I see Bill at church occasionally and I'll mention to him, uh, what a lasting impact his investment had on your life and Caleb's life. And uh, he just beams. I mean, he he was thrilled to be part of pouring himself into the lives of young guys. And so that's, that's, that's part of the big story, guys. If you're listening to this, man, he just raised his hand and said, I'll spend some time with these, with these middle school guys and um, made a difference in their lives. So th- there's another guy that you mentioned in a preliminary conversation here, Joe Thompson, who uh, was a friend of the Ministry of Noble Warriors, and you got to know. Tell me about how Joe maybe took some of that to a next level. Yeah, so some of you listening might know Joe. Used, I mean, he used to help run the schedule at the ISI conferences. He'd have his clipboard walking around. Um, but him and his wife went to um, Southeast Asia to do missions. Um, but before that, he was he he actually did some sessions at some noble man conferences on creation versus evolution. And so he did a, he did a presentation a few weeks at um, Parkway where I grew up, Parkway uh, Baptist Church to the students youth group um, on creation versus evolution and very in-depth things and uh, things that kind of got my, my mind moving, just kind of enjoyed my conversations with Joe because they were very deep, um, very deep thinking conversations Anytime I, I 
I get to spend time with them. It's I kind of need a nap after we talk because my brain is just so tired from thinking with them. Um, but I, I really, one of the experiences that really, I think, grew a relationship was I spent a couple of weeks with him in Southeast Asia when I did a, a mission trip in 2018 um, and just spending time with him and his wife um, was amazing. It, just seeing them interact on a mission field, but also he was using his skills in creation evolution uh, debates to share with Thai people. Um, so he, he wrote a book on all of this. Um, and then he got it translated into Thai, um, and has been using that in Southeast Asia to reach people with his passion of creation versus evolution debates. Um, and just really getting people to think his big contribution in my life is, is take a step back. Let's think about this from a different direction. And I think that's played a role in my my desire for missions and how can we approach this differently, man, Joe, every, every time I see him, we just always end up in hours of conversations and going through slideshows and presentations of, of his new ideas. And I've got this new idea of how we can reach this group of people, but his heart for missions as a mentor certainly shaped mine. Um, and, and the heart that I have, that was a, that was a good perspective to have at a young age as well. So that was why you were in high school. Uh, but you also got connected with some other guys when you were in high school. You ended up going out to dinner with Stan Harrison. And what happened after that? Yeah, Stan Stan called me. He's like, what are you doing Tuesday night? I said, nothing. He's like, you want some free Chick-fil-A? And I said, I'll certainly take some. So I went and got Chick-fil-A with him. And um, he said, hey, we're going to Bible study after this. I said, okay. So then... You know, I, I follow him to this house and walk in there and there's eight folks over 50 years old. And I'm like, I'm in the wrong spot. I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> it was, uh, I'll probably forget all the names, but Stan, Stan Harrison, Lou Lassiter, uh, Ken Getze, uh, Kyle Colley, Roger Duckworth, Alan uh, Walker, Richard Cunningham. I might have missed a few names, but all of those guys from I think junior year is is when I started going and I I mean I went every week after that every week I could um and we would just we would go through usually a small book and it would take us it was a joke because every time we'd start something new we'd say it would take us a year to get through it because we moved pretty slow um but man I would just glean off of the wisdom that these guys had um anywhere from something biblical to get your colonoscopy in the morning because you don't want to drink the nasty stuff all day. Um, I've got some bits of information that other folks at my age, they're going to have to figure out when they're 50. So um, there's some funny things there, but I think, and those guys loved, they loved me coming. They said, Ben, when you come, we get a fresh perspective and Ecclesiastes isn't as, depressing when you're here and we're going through it because it, to us we're old and you know over the hill you're coming up the hill so it's not quite as depressing for you so you you give a new perspective it was fun because i would get encouraged by them um as an 18 year old um and get affirmed from these you know these older men that are seasoned and have life experience and also i can i can bring questions to them that things they've already experienced. You know, that whole time I was trying to figure out where do I want to, where do I want to go to college? What do I want to study? All decisions that many of them have had to figure out 
And so the, the multiple life perspectives, I think from that group was really helpful. And, and the answers from them always seem simpler than the ones I was trying to find. Like, I don't know what's, what's the Lord's will in me, you know, and what school to go to. And how am I supposed to know the Lord's will? And I remember Kyle Colley always told me, he's like, well, Ben, you know what the Lord's will is. That's not what you're trying to figure out. (laughs) Um, I don't know. There's lots of bits of wisdom that uh, I have from those guys in my Bible. You, you wrote out a lot of those things. Um, in the Bible you gave me before I left, wrote, wrote some, some words of wisdom that those guys gave you to share with me. Um, and when I have, have been through tough times and curveballs thrown at me, those are, those are people that I call. Um, and those are words that I read because I know that they're seasoned words and they have experience behind them. They're not just empty. That has been a life-shaping experience for me. And I, I was on a call a couple of weeks ago and just to say hey to him um, was joined in on Tuesday, Tuesday night call. So now do you think that's reproducible? Um, are there other groups like that that could invite a younger guy into the mix and benefit from his presence while they pour into him? Yes, I do. I think I mean, certainly it requires an openness, though, to break the status quo. Which seems to be the the difficult thing I you know I've found trying to get plugged in in a new in a new place in Raleigh. What are you going to do with your tradition? What are you going to do with what you're used to? Do you want to break that or or stay where you are, stay static? It's not an easy thing to do, but I, I think it's a good thing. And for them too to have that other perspective in life that's different from theirs, I think is beneficial on their end. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of men thirsting to to share what they've learned in life. But I don't think they, they know how to make that connection, especially, especially in, you know, down here in Raleigh, there's, there's three colleges within 30 miles. There's a lot of people that need to be mentored. So how do we create that link between the, the the seasoned men and the younger men? Because the seasoned men aren't just going to walk up to college students. I don't know why they're fearful of us or something, but they just don't want to do it. I don't know what, what it is, but, it doesn't happen. Wow. Well, that's the one of the issues that we're trying to fix, and we're trying to work on that with Noble Warriors, because I believe there is an untapped army of men um, who have incredible wisdom and, and available time. They could be investing in some younger guys and helping them in their walk in life and with the Lord that they're just missing out. So that's that's part of what we want to do. Right now, um, you will sometimes call on a guy who was our interim pastor at Parkway, as well as our youth pastor at Parkway, and and, uh, they continue to pour into your lives. So talk about those two guys for a few moments. Yeah, so Pastor Chuck, uh, Dr. Lawless, I call him Pastor Chuck. uh, He's at Southeastern, but he was our interim pastor several years back at Parkway. And I've I've connected with him a good number of times here. It's it's about a 30-minute drive up to where he is, but it just amazes me because Whenever I call him or text him, he's like, I'm busy this week, but when are you free? I'll make time for you. That's verbatim what he says. Um, And it just blows my mind because this, I mean, he's got so many things to do, but the wisdom that he has is just, it is amazing. He's that person where if he says he's praying for you, you know, something's going to happen. And I know there's folks, uh, people have people like that in your life. And so you really have to be careful what you tell them to pray for because something's going to happen. So, but when, when I think of Pastor Chuck, I mean, I just the wisdom and the reverence and the 
the knowledge, um, whether it's a scriptural, a scripture question, um, or just a life, a life thing where I need to, I said, dude, man, I need to tell you about this. Um, I need to talk to you. I need some wisdom. I need some advice. He always, he's always there, always takes me to a good, a good dinner spot, good lunch spot. That might be part one of good mentorship is, Hey, know where some good spots are, (laughs) but, um, he is, he is definitely right now a huge influence in my life. And, and, and pastor Mike, Mike Camary, man, I call him every other week and we have some conversations and uh, he asks me questions. I ask him questions and uh, he respects the things that I have to say when he asks me. And it's really, that's one of the, the really cool things I think of the mentors in my life is that they, they, they're respectful of, of my thoughts and of some of the things I've experienced while they're not much, I'm not being looked down on for my youth, which is a really cool thing when you have that, I guess I can use the word respect, but it's just kind of a mutual understanding. We're both children of the Lord. You know, we're both walking on this path together. You're going to have experiences. I'm going to have experiences, but we're, we're working towards the same goal. So I don't need to act like my experiences trump yours. So I, I think that's been a really cool thing in my experience of being mentored. It's just being heard. I think that's a big part of it. So from both Mike and Pastor Chuck, both people that have an endless number of folks around them that have wisdom and that they can talk to, but they make time to talk to me. They make time to listen to me. And so that that's an impact on my life right there. That's right off the bat because of that. So some of these guys have really taught you how to mentor others and and how to invest strategically in other young men. So just turned 21. Are you investing in some young men? Have you invested in some young men? And, and what does it look like for you to turn around and take what you've been given and share that experience with someone else? Yeah. When I was home and then over the past, when COVID, I was home for that and all. Uh, I, I had a great time serving with Mike in the students ministry. And there were a couple people that I, I met with, um, some students that, um, I got to give some wisdom to, I guess, and just listen to, um, about some of the things that they're going through. So I think that's been a fun thing because just getting to know Mike, he's built a trust with me. It's like, Hey, I got a student, like, could you talk to them? Their parents would, would appreciate that. And so having that that relationship with Mike opens up doors with other people. And then I get to use the wisdom I've learned from being mentoring for, for, for those folks. Um, and then here in Raleigh, I've met with a few pastors at the church. I go here about um, serving with the, the youth team, leading a group there or something, but that's, that's been weird here with COVID being in and out for me. Definitely something that I, this semester has really been a big push for me in helping lead some of the folks here and looking looking at the need in that. And the men's breakfast here, uh, there's a large group of, of older men that meet, and I'm really trying to think, how can we connect these people with with college students? So, I, de- I mean, I feel equipped. I feel equipped to help mentor people. So I think that's a cool thing about my mentorship process is that I've been equipped to, to do this with other folks. Um, so it's definitely a discipleship and multiplication thing. All right. Well, I want to bring this to a close. Make a couple of closing statements. You, you've already hit on this idea that you see the need. You've had unique experiences. Do your peers 
that you're running with there at state and in other environments, are they hungry for the experiences that you have had? What's your read on that? And then how do we use this to advance the kingdom of God? What what does it look like? Are, is it possible to do evangelism through uh, mentoring? Is it possible to do discipleship through mentoring? But speak to those things as we close here. First thing I would say, if you aren't sure how to mentor, what's the thing that you know best? And then how can you use that in your mentorship? Whatever you know best, you're going to be confident in that. And that's that's the key part. The other thing, uh, do we want to be mentored? Certainly. I mean, I've had so many conversations this week with my peers about, hey, would you be interested in this? Oh, we'd love that. We, we, we'd love that. We'd love to have people walking with us. And we had a, a lot of my life group went to the Tuesday morning men's breakfast here. And I mean, all of those those old folks were like, God, it's great to see all you young people here. And I talked with my buddies afterwards, like, hey, would you like to kind of have somebody that you're walking alongside with? What would it look like for some of them to partner with our life group? Oh, that'd be awesome. We'd love that. And we just don't know how we can get, you know, get them engaged. So maybe it's on both sides. We think that they don't want this. And then the older gentlemen think the same of us. So we're probably working towards the same goal. We just need somebody to mediate. Let's see, mentorship in in building the kingdom of of God. I think of of Paul. I just finished up Acts. I think of I think of the people that Paul took with him, um, and who he mentored, and Timothy, and the impact that that they made. We can look at the people that were mentored in the Bible versus the folks that weren't mentored, and what was the difference in impact. I think those years of being mentored really grow your confidence in Christ. It's not a self-pride, self-confidence. It's just, hey, the Lord has blessed me with these gifts. I think your mentors really can help you figure out what what are you gifted in. Um, And then you kind of can narrow out, hey, the Lord's calling me in this direction. I have these giftings. I have these talents. I need to figure out how to leverage these for the sake of the gospel. I think that's that's a huge thing. And discipleship. I mean, it, it's like dad's number one phrase. It all, it all comes back to men's discipleship. I think I've said that more times this week to the, to the pastors at Providence than I, I find myself saying, dang it, that's something dad would say. I need to stop saying that. But it really does. I mean, you change the man, you change the family, you change the church, you change the world. So it starts with one with one-on-one mentorship and discipleship. And it multiplies out from there. I've been discipled. I get to disciple somebody else, and they're going to disciple somebody. That's three or four people right off the bat. It's simple math. I think I think the role that it plays in our Christian walk is huge. There's many roles to be filled, but I think that's a very necessary one that needs to be for many men. Awesome. Well, that's a good way for us to close things out. You've uh, You've laid down a challenge for some older guys, some incentive for all of this. Uh, really reminded us of the existence of Noble Warriors. It's just very fun to hear you say those things, but also see you working on trying to invest strategically in men there in Raleigh. And so uh, so that's just a lot of fun. Well, Ben, thanks for being with us. And um, we will, we'll do this again sometime because it's a whole bunch of fun. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Noble Man Podcast. Check out more information about mentoring on our website at noblewarriors.org slash mentoring.